but isn't there a doctor in the White House? And laundered guilt. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for December 26th, 2020. Continuing the conversation recorded on December 17th, 2020, Jason Cousineau, superfan Melissa from Missouri, and Eric Fisk, that's me, discussed the Wall Street Journal opinion piece by Joseph Epstein. Is there a doctor in the White House? Not if you need an MD. Jay, Melissa, and I converse about how sexism is still a problem in the second decade of the 21st century, from the workplace to cyberspace, including and especially in the realms of steampunk and dieselpunk. The conversation concludes with an exploration of a new concept called laundered guilt. Why is it that, that there are so many people in modern society who seem to have everything that they could ever want and need have a tendency to take extreme action to, to soothe their nagging guilt? Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I do want to switch gears for a moment and I want to talk about the most controversial news item from last weekend. And throughout all of this, I, I had an epiphany, as it were. And I might break this off and make this as a standalone show, as it were. Um, as many of you know, I'm trying to word this carefully, because I don't, I don't want this to be misconstrued. And in this day and age, it's so easy to be, quote, canceled, unquote, by just trying to say the right thing, but it comes out wrong. The Wall Street Journal published an editorial by this character by the name of Joseph Epstein. Epstein. And the crux of his article, and I'm actually like looking it up right now. Here's, I'm not going to read. I don't want to give this guy too much traffic. I don't want to give him too much credit. He wrote this editorial. Is there a doctor in the White House? Not if you need an MD. Jill Biden should think about dropping the honorific, which feels fraudulent, even comic. 
by Joseph Epstein, December 11th, 2020. They should have waited, well, they should have published this on December 7th because this really bombed. I'm going to read just the first paragraph and tell me if this does not make your blood boil a little. By the, by the way, Melissa, do you have anything to say about this before I get started? Oh, I'm just waiting until you, till it's my turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Madam First Lady, Mrs. Biden, Jill, kiddo, a bit of advice on what may seem like a small, like a small, but I think is in, is a not important matter. That's an awkward sentence. Yeah. Um. Might seem like a small, but I think it is not an unimportant matter. I read that twice and it still doesn't make any sense. Any chance you might drop the doctor before your name? Dr. Jill Biden sounds and feels fraudulent. Not to say a touch comic. Your degree, I believe, is an EDD, a doctor of education, earned at the University of Delaware through a dissertation with the unpromising title student retention at the at the community college level meeting students needs a wise man said that no one should call himself a doctor unless he has delivered a child think about it dr jill and forthwith drop the doc this guy is and this is when we Test the limits of our um, our promise to not use the uh, explicit tag too much because Jay and I are trying to get advertisers. I don't want to use the F-bomb too much. This guy's a jackass. This guy is a jackass on so many different levels. This guy has, has said something that is demeaning, elitist, sexist, misogynists and also in a way has backhand slapped people like myself who went to a community college and i don't want to get into uh dr jill's husband's politics i don't want to say anything about that at all it's not relevant um she earned her degree she went to college for so many years she did the work. She has her doctorate. Now she has now her dissertation is about how to retain students at the community college level. There are people out there who have doctorate degrees in Star Trek. I think it's ridiculous. I think it I, I, having a doctorate in Star Trek is ridiculous. Jill Biden has a doctorate degree in education. She earned her degree. The problem that she I... She defended her degree. She defended her degree. To get it. She had to defend her, her, her doctorate thesis. But that's a lot of hard work from what I understand. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on the podcast. But this is, this is probably what... This is probably one of the worst things I have read from a news public publication about 11 years ago newsweek did a story about how star trek lives 
And somebody wrote in, a, uh, in an article in this special edition of Newsweek about how we've sort of elected a Vulcan to the White House, which I thought at the time was probably one of the dumbest things any news publication could have written within reason. It was an embarrassingly bad article. Um, this tops this tenfold. There's no reason why Dr. Jill Biden should drop the title of doctor. This, this article is bad writing and it's bad logic. And there's another point that I want to get to, but I feel like you're, you're chomping at the bit, Melissa. You want to, you want to, you want to add something to this. I would like to add a lot. I remember that when I was in college in the 80s, for one, I want to first preface that there are lecturers, there are professors, and there are doctors in academia. Lecturers usually just have a bachelor's degree. So they are the people that are the probably close to the same level as the students they're already teaching. And then there are people with the master's degrees and they are usually referred to as professor. And that is a, a more advanced degree. They've gotten a little extra work on whatever the subject matter is, is that they're researching. A doctorate is a years and years long process where they're doing research, they're writing this paper, they're having it presented in front of a board of people who will look it over and then send it back and say, work a little more on it before we even vote on it. And then after it, my I had an uncle that had a doctorate and it took him years to get that doctorate and he was working years on that research paper. And he had problems because the people on his board died and had to be replaced. The new people would say, we need this to go into a different direction. And so he'd have to rewrite something. And then after he wrote it and got it finalized, he had to defend it where they all read it and picked it apart. And he had to stand there and defend every bit of it. This is not an easy process. This is not for the weak-willed. They're not going to they're not going to just give a doctorate to anyone because they're defending also their educational system. They don't want to be seen as the university that gives out weak doctorates or silly doctorates. They they don't want to end up having saying, oh, my gosh, look what Epstein did. <laughs> We've got to distance ourselves from him like North uh, North. Was it Northwestern University that he was the lecturer at? He has a bachelor's degree, and he he is the one with the honorific doctorate. And he even says in the article that the profet, that the president of the college that gave him the honorary doctorate got fired soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he's referring to her doctorate as an honorary one. He's referred to her as kiddo. Yeah. In the in the piece which I think is demeaning in any aspect. Uh, I don't know how old he is, but you don't refer to people as kiddo past the age of maybe 16, especially if you're going to have some kind of work with them. Uh, Or unless you're Rick Lane, he can get away with it. Continue. 
I remember that when I was in college in the 80s, I had thought that this was a battle that our mothers had already fought. But I ran into a professor who demeaned women all the time and, in fact, would change grades because he honestly believed men needed the higher degrees because they were going to have jobs that they needed to support families where we women were only there to get an RMRS. He had stated he wanted a wife who had a doctorate, but he didn't want her to actually like work with the doctorate. He just wanted to make sure she was smart enough to be married to him. Right. Uh, I, I work with women who have doctorates and there is a balance that women with doctorates have to have where they, they need to know, let people know they have a doctorate. They are on the same level as the people that they're working with. But Women that say, hello, I am Dr. So-and-so, and they're not a medical doctor, they get this kind of treatment, like he he's given her. Oh, aren't you uppity, letting people know that you've worked hard for this degree, and you're as good as everyone else. I need to knock you down a few pegs, baby. Exactly, yeah. Now, hold on. I've got a completely different take on this. Um, in his article... He says that Dr. Joe Biden shouldn't call refer to herself as a doctor because unless you've delivered a baby, you should not claim to be a doctor. Then we have Hunter Biden. Yeah. Okay. So didn't she deliver that fucking kid? No. Uh, no. Do, uh, Dr. Jill Biden is his stepmom. Oh, his stepmom. Okay. Right. Though she did deliver another baby. Okay. So she is a mom. She's given birth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and by this man's logic, Joe Biden shouldn't call himself a parent because he never gave birth. That is some weird, sick, twisted logic there. Now, keep in mind. Well, he didn't do the work, right? She did the work and doesn't deserve the title. So Joe Biden didn't do the work. And how, do, how does he deserve the title? I'm just curious. There are no male parents in the world, according to this man's logic. It's flawed. The guy is an effing asshole, is what it boils down to. Also, in the history of, of academia, the first doctors were people, who, or men, because they really didn't acknowledge too many women, uh, that got doctorates in theology and philosophy. Medical doctors weren't really seen as doctors until the 19th century. Medical schools did not really come into strong existence until the 19th century. Heck, George Washington died because of a doctor because he was bled to death. Right. So, you know, the minister of your church that has a doctorate has an older program doctorate than the doctor down the street that delivered the baby. I don't know. To, to me, it's real simple. She worked a lot harder to earn that title than this person. Uh, yeah. By the way, I also want to interject here because I thought that this is in doing the show prep for this, looking him up. I can't believe that this is the same Joseph Epstein. Jeff, uh, this Joseph Epstein wrote a book called Snobbery, the American version. And in the description for this book, Observations on the many ways we manage to look down on others from a, quote, writer who can make you laugh out loud on every third page, unquote, 
from the New York Times book review. Snobs are everywhere at the gym, at work, at school, and sometimes even lurking in your own home. But how did we, as a culture, get this way? With dishy detail, Joseph Epstein skewers all manners of elitism as he exclaims how snobbery works, where it thrives, and the pitfalls and perils in thinking you're better than everybody else. Offering arch observations on the new footholds of snobbery, including food, fashion, high-achieving children, schools, politics, and being it, whatever it is, name-dropping, and much more. Epstein explores the shallows and the depths of a concept that has become part of our everyday lives, for better or for worse. Smart, witty, perceptive, and almost always, in best sense of the word, entertaining. Snobbery provides the ultimate social commentary on arrogance in America. The Washington Post book works. It is a book you shouldn't be caught dead without. So the guy who wrote the book on snobbery is being a snob on the Wall Street Journal. That is fantastic. <laughs> I, I still can't get over the fact that he's that he has an honorific doctorate and he's referring to hers as being honorific when hers involved work and his probably involved a drinking buddy. I don't have right. That. Let's also interject here that this is pure speculation on our part, and we're we will not we we we're not able to confirm or deny. This is just our editorial um, uh, take on um, Mr. Epstein's. God, I'm trying. I'm working too hard trying to be um, uh, politically. We take no legal responsibility for yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> we we uh, I I. I don't take any responsibility. The the thoughts and the opinions of our commentators on the Fedora Chronicles are their own, and they do not directly reflect the Fedora Chronicles network or the parent company. Um, no, I, I he's a jerk. He in and the worst part about this, no, no, the two worst parts about this is that he's a, he's a hypocrite, and he is a he is a snob who is looking down at somebody who has a degree with, with a doctorate that he doesn't approve of. Like somehow well, there's something wrong with people who go to community college. There's something. Whole, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, he's, he's, he's picking on someone who's deserved something that he didn't. Exactly. So he's, he, and in the article, correct me if I'm wrong. He, he basically makes a little snide joke that he doesn't, you refer to himself as a doctor and doesn't like it when other purple people refer to him as a doctor. He makes some sort of, I, I'm guessing it's supposed to be a joke, but the same, the same token, she deserves it. If you have a PhD, you have a fucking doctorate, right? Pardon my language. You right. do. You have a doctorate. You've worked hard from what Melissa said. You had to defend your thesis in front of people who did everything they could to rip it apart because they want that title to mean something. So because you're not a doctor of medicine, you shouldn't refer to yourself as a doctor. I'm sorry. That's unmitigated BS. Yeah. That is just ridiculous on the face of it. She earned that title. I don't care who she married. I don't care what her politics are. I really don't. She 
earned that title. And this prick wants to take it away from her by first insulting her and denigrating her and then telling her she's not a real doctor. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Bachelor's Degree, who has an honorific title of an honorary doctorate right. that he admittedly doesn't like and doesn't use. She earned it. Why are you trying to take it away from her? What have you done to allow you to, first of all, advise her on what she should and shouldn't do? And second of all, tell her that it, it would be good of her to not use a title she earned. Tell you what, you go into the military, you approach an officer, and you call them by anything other than their title when referring to them? Yeah. 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 No. Mm-mm. A colonel in the right. army has earned that rank. Right. Colonel right. Sanders made chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Now, one one of the things that I wanted to also highlight in this episode is an observation on how we as a society look down on people in general, but women in specific who are overachievers and how from then this is based on my observation by living with a beautiful woman who actually happens to be very smart. She's dangerously smart. She care. She scares the hell out of me at how smart she is. Okay. Now this past weekend, while this was blowing up, my wife and I finished watching on Netflix the Queen's Gambit. And it's a it's a fictionalized story about a, a woman chess player um who eventually becomes the world champion. I ought to look up the Queen's Gambit and see who is it based on. I don't, I don't know. Have you by the way, have you seen it, Jay? I have not. I, I am willing to bet that Melissa has probably seen an episode of it too. Actually, I have not. Uh, I have not had a chance to even get onto Netflix recently. But my grandchildren play chess, and okay. my grandchildren are just dangerously smart on that themselves. Uh, I have read some articles though about how there have not been any grand women grand champions, yeah. mostly because of how. Uh, a lot of the things that we've had with uh, women in science and in other things is that when you get kids start out pretty much equal, yeah. you know, they do things because it's interesting and it's fun and they're good at it. So they keep doing it. And then when they get to the junior high, girls go, well, math's hard and math isn't what girls do and chess isn't what girls do and science isn't what girl isn't what girls do. Uh We've overcome a lot of that, but chess is not one of those areas yet where the girls have been coming through the ranks and staying with it. And I'm encouraging my grandchildren. I don't let them beat me at chess because they're perfectly capable of doing it without me flubbing up just to give them the chance. Now, I'm no grandmaster. I don't, I, I don't want to interrupt too much here, right. but I think that right there is very important. You don't let them beat you. They earn it. Yes. If they beat you and when they beat you, it's because they 
deserve to win, yeah. not because you think they deserve it, but because you had no choice in the matter. They just kicked your yeah. ass. As someone who loses habitually at chess, <laughs> I have great respect for anyone who can figure that damn game out. <laughs> so the main character in The Queen's Gambit, and it's going to take a little work on my part to get to where The Queen's Gambit and Dr. Jill Biden intersect here. And the observations that I have about my 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 scary, intelligent, beautiful wife. And where these all intersect here. The character Beth Harmon turns out to be a very beautiful, very fashionable, jet-setting woman. Through a lot of hard work, reading all the books that she can while she's living at this orphanage when she's uh, a young uh, a young girl and a teenager becomes obsessed with the game of chess because well what else are you going to do in an orphanage if you're a genius and, and throughout the course of the movie men are humiliated by Beth because first of all she's strikingly beautiful she's very fashionable and she's very i don't like to use the word cosmopolitan but because um i'm a little tongue-tied this morning thank you thank you uh sailor jerry um she she is underestimated people have a hard time believing that such a beautiful young woman who is very fashionable and eventually buys all the right clothes and she drinks all the right drinks. She's very, um, she has her own house. And how she gets her house is a huge part of the story. She brutalizes men in these chess competitions because in part they underestimate her because she is a beautiful woman. There's something about our society that seems to believe that you cannot be a genius at a, quote, masculine field, unquote, such as math and science or being a pilot or industry or companies. And in the past, I took some heat because I criticized Marissa Mayer, who was the CEO of Yahoo for a while. I didn't criticize her because she's a woman. I criticized her because she made stupid mistakes with a platform that had already been struggling. And she said some things that were insensitive and unkind to other working moms. Um, I am guilty to a small extent in believing that all beautiful women are capable of only so much until I met my wife. And I share this anecdote, and I'm going to try and tell you um, the real version of the story without any hyperbole as I best I could. When my, when my wife and I were first together, we needed an air conditioner for our apartment. And so we went to Circuit City in Burlington, Massachusetts, and she picked out a air conditioner that she thought would be perfect for our apartment which is, I mean, it was it was pretty much like a like a like a heat locker. It was, um, it really knew how to collect the heat in the summer and collect the cold in the winter. And, um, the guy behind the counter 
tried to sell Carol an extended warranty on this air conditioner. And he was talking about how um, with the extended warranty that pretty much pays for itself, it pays for the recharging that all air conditioners need after a couple of years. And I don't know exactly what the hell Carol said, but Carol was talking about how, no, that's not correct because they have fixed the, the problems with the permeability in the seals surrounding <laughs> the Freon chamber. They have, they have corrected the porous nature of the polymer that is used so they don't leak as much and as fast. The, com the electric compressor will break before the Freon or whatever coolant this uses will be depleted through, through leakage. And she used the scientific terminology that, and she said it in such a way with such intelligence and conviction you couldn't you you couldn't argue with her and she remembers this a little differently and i'm sure that when she hears this episode she is probably going to correct me but the thing is is that he, the salesperson thought that here is a beautiful young attractive woman who obviously doesn't know a lot about about science and math he thought that he was going to make a waste you know waste carol's money on an extended warranty that Carol knew we didn't need. She, Carol corrected the salesperson three times by saying, I know what I'm talking about. This is the science. I don't need your extended warranty. And she, and she was, she, and she was not, I mean, she was polite about it. She was professional, but she was also firm and she was also stern about, no, I don't need your BS. Seeing her disembowel this character verbally <laughs> made me look at my own bias. You can be a beautiful woman, an intelligent woman, who could wipe the floor intellectually with, with men. And the problem is that, and I've seen this time and again, I have seen so many men underestimate Carol, and then they just get caught up in their own hubris. Um... I've seen Carol. <laughs> I've I've felt the 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 quiet, silent, gentle wrath of this woman when I try to talk about something I know nothing about with some kind of authority, and Carol would say, "No, that's not right. No, that's not right. That's not how it works." And uh, you can't hide anything from her. You can't get anything past her. Because A, you underestimate her and her intelligence, and she's just damn smarter than I am. <laughs> the, the problem is with our society is that we value, we value women who go only so far in a certain direction. A woman like Kim Kardashian is celebrated as an entrepreneur because she is a, she is a beautiful woman who came to fame as with a sex tape. If it wasn't for her sex tape, nobody would know or care who she is. 
And that's sad and that's, un- that's unfortunate. And I don't know if that says more about her or it says more about our society. But we also, we also try and tear down women who are too successful. We also tear down a lot of men who are too successful. That you can only be successful in one area and that's it. And then uh, Brett Weinstein talked about a lot of this with his wife on the Dark Horse podcast. There's a notion that you need to stay in your lane is, is basically what people are saying. And what your lane is, is what society has chosen for you, whether you like it or not. And society does not like it when you step out of your lane. You're supposed to be this one thing because you look a certain way. And when you don't stay in your lane or you will not stay in the box that you've been assigned to, people lose their minds. Um, I decided a long time ago, I do not want to be this person that people had thought I would be or should be. Um, Also, I just got news here. Melissa, do you want to just interject here with your thought that you had just said, you just sent us on the chat, on on the text chat? Kim Kardashian is reading for the law, which is legal in California in some states. And... What that hold on, means hold on, hold on. is, thank you. Define it. Instead of going to law school, she is working in a law firm, and it's it's almost like an apprenticeship. And this is how a lot of lawyers in the 19th century and before became lawyers. They worked for a law firm. The lawyers that they worked under taught them how to be lawyers. And they still have to pass the state bar. And California, I I understand, is a pretty hard one. And so she has to pass certain tests because there are apprenticeship programs for a lot of things in the United States. And they are all regulated by their individual industries. And so she has to pass tests to read for the law in California before she ever gets to the point where she takes the bar of California or whatever state she wants to be a lawyer in. Uh, It's an extremely hard way to become a lawyer. I think it would be probably better if she went to law school, but she is reading for the law, which is still pretty impressive if she passes all these tests and passes the bar. Her father was a lawyer, so she does have some connections in that aspect. Yeah. Now, is is that kind of like... like James Franco has like three degrees and he got them all at the same time while filming a movie. And I have to say my confidence in him actually earning those degrees is low. Now, is she, is she doing this and actually making progress on her own merit or is she being basically given a pass because of her celebrity? Now that I don't know. I do. I, from what I understand the tests that she has to take are are regulated. This isn't something that, you know, some friend or her father say, oh, we'll just give her an A because she's she's my our friend's kid. Uh, she has to pass these tests. These are these are tests, I think, from the state. And she will have to be to be considered a lawyer. Any you can go to law school and not be a lawyer. To be a lawyer, you actually have to pass the bar of -hmm. some state. Each state is different. New York is incredibly difficult. Uh, 
But to pass the bar, you that is regulated by the state. No one's going to give Kim Kardashian a pass because she's pretty. Okay, so it's it's kind of like um, your name will get you into like Yale, for example, but it will not get you with a degree leaving Yale. It's that kind of a situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, good for her if she's if she's able to take the bar and pass it, and she did it in from what you're saying, one of the most difficult ways of doing it. Yeah. More power to her. You know, I personally, I I find intelligence sexy. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing better than a woman you can carry on a conversation with. Right. You know? So I was kind of laughing when you were re- relating that story. And I, I feel a little bad because I know it's kind of a, an emotional thing for you. But at the same time, all I kept thinking is, oh, that's so hot. That is. That is, you know, and I I know Carol and I know she's extremely intelligent Mm -hmm. and it's I don't understand when people try and tear someone down because they can't do it. You know, it's like the bullies in in middle school picking on the geeks and nerds that were getting A's because they were too stupid to do their damn homework. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, why? What is it about the human condition that makes us want to elevate ourselves by tearing others down? No, that it you that is elevate. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's part of the human condition. That is part of that's that's one of the parts of our damaged psyche. Like somehow you think that by tearing people down, you elevate yourself, and it doesn't work like that. And it's amazing how I'm 51, and I'm really starting to finally grasp that Carol Carol and I had a very honest conversation about how you allow your past or how I allow my past to keep me down. Things that happened to me. One of the reasons why I have such a hard time at Christmas, you know, is because of a, a couple of traumatic things that happened, you, you know, uh, in Christmas past. But the thing is, is that Carol has worked so hard to make up for that. Why do I get so melancholy when Christmas time rolls around? You know what? Maybe I should knock that shit off is basically what she what she is saying. Um, we like to tear ourselves and other people down for reasons that I don't even think most psychiatrists and psychologists can understand. Somehow you feel maybe it's because like you in the generic nonspecific feel threatened by a woman who is sexually attractive or you are attracted to is smarter and better than you in a certain area. I would never want to play chess with Carol because I know that she would probably destroy me. And I just consider that foreplay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, wait a minute, wait a minute, playing chess with my wife. I'm not talking about playing chess with your wife. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, and I think that it's like, if you were any kind of a man, you would understand that there are women out there who are better at things than you are. Your wife or your girlfriend is better at certain things. And I'm not talking about cooking and cleaning. And this is something that the three of us in our house have to work on a lot. Um, just because Carol does a great job cooking and cleaning doesn't mean she has to do all the cooking and cleaning like the sink full of dishes 
should not sit in w- until Carol is done with work. Now that everybody is working from home, the three of us men have to pick up the pace a little bit because there's still this element of sexism. There's still even a, an, a level of sexism in steampunk and diesel punk. And I wanted to get to where the thing is the women who get the most hits on social media in the realm of steampunk or diesel punk are the, are the voluptuous or, or a very attractive women who are dressed scantily, but the women who are these wonderful craftsmen who do this beautiful work. I don't think they get the hits that they deserve in the realm of steampunk and diesel punk. It's the, it is the second decade of the 21st century officially on the calendar this January and even in the realm of retrofuturism and science fiction and fantasy, there is still some remnants of sexism. And I also want to talk about the conversation that I had with Phoebe, but you say what you were about to say, Jay. Um, the, the thing that I think is a little sad is that we, in talking about sexist, sexism and misogyny and all of that, is sometimes we're eliminating the hard work that people do. Like cosplayers, it doesn't matter male or female, most cosplayers that are really popular, they make their own costumes. You know, they if they're trying to achieve a certain look, they will diet and exercise to achieve the the body shape necessary to pull off a certain look, by and large, right? Or as much as they can, because you know, different people have different body types, etc. There's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of skill that goes into that. When you're designing your own clothes, even if it's a costume, you're still freaking designing clothes. Then you're sewing it and making yourself. Most of these cosplayers do that. There's a lot to respect about someone who does cosplaying and does it well beyond (laughs) she's hot you know and it's unfortunate to my thinking anyway that we can't seem to get beyond that sophomoric sort of gut reaction to seeing someone who is pretty and attractive and really quickly kind of backtracking a little bit back to the what is it the queen's uh, the queen's gambit queen's gambit is why is it in Hollywood that this brilliant woman who's a chess master is also beautiful? Would she be struggling if she was ugly? Or would she still be suffering the same misogyny at the same, you know what I mean? So I'm not faulting Hollywood for this. I'm asking this as a genuine question. Is it, is it the fact that she's attractive and intelligent that is more difficult for men to deal with yeah or is it just the fact that she's female and intelligent no they 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 address this like in this episode or in in the like the second to the last episode uh when beth is went to the uh soviet union to play in the world championship game somebody had asked her how can you be so fashionable and attractive and be such a great chess player aren't isn't isn't your beauty and your attractiveness 
and and your fashion sense a distraction to your to your chess game. That's that that line caught me off guard. And the thing is, is that it was like the implication you can't be a good chess player and be so attractive at the same time. The reason why men fall and lose to you is because they're overwhelmed by your beauty and your attractiveness. And it so was just, I think I think uh, in the in the reverse, she could have also said, well, you could use your lack of basic hygiene as a distraction to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's this idea that there's only so much brain power somebody has that if yeah. they spend all this time on one aspect of their lives, that they have nothing left for yeah. another aspect, uh, which, you know, puts in the uh, stereotype that geeky men don't bathe, which I know lots of geeky men who have wonderful basic hygiene. Yeah. That's a side, but you know. No, it's, it's, I mean, stereotypes, right? And to some extent, stereotypes exist for a reason, but we get so attached to these stereotypes that we're eliminating people's individuality by making assumptions regarding them solely due to stereotypes, right? A beautiful woman only has enough brain power to handle fashion. Yeah. Right? It's bullshit. It's it's completely invalid to even consider as a genuine opinion, and yet people have it. People literally do think like that. You know, there isn't a finite resource of brain power. You don't have only so much brain power that you can use. You know, to, to what Eric said earlier, you've got to stay in your own lane. You know, we, our modern society will not accept a modern version of a Leonardo da Vinci, who was a polymath. Polymaths are, first of all, they're not common, but our society right now, the way it is, would not accept that. That's not a valid thing. They, they can't be that good. Right. So like it's OK in certain areas, though, because I can say the arts, it's OK for someone to be like an author and a musician. And, um, you know, and I'm thinking specifically of uh, the guy who played Aragorn, who is a musician and a hell of an actor. And apparently he's a poet as well. That's OK, because it's the arts. He's one of those creative people. So it's all right that he has. All of these talents, and isn't it wonderful? We'll talk about it on these talk shows. But you get someone who's a doctor and a lawyer and really good at both, and they're also uh, an astrophysicist. You know what I mean? We can't accept that because I, I think, honestly, the main reason why we can't is that's not fair. You know, that's not right. I had to struggle to learn all this stuff, and he seems to learn it so easy. Well, okay. Doesn't mean he didn't learn it. It just means that he has an easier time learning than possibly other people do. Or, you know, there's why is it that we're unwilling to accept that in more intellectual or what we consider to be more difficult pursuits, but it's okay in certain other areas? And why is it okay for a polymath to be male but yeah. not female? Why is it okay for there to be an attractive man who is also a successful CEO 
but an attractive woman who's a successful CEO, well, that ain't right. It's just, I, ugh. Well, Melissa, is there anything else that you want to say on this before I also um, talk about another aspect of this that I think is important to, to share with our listeners? Men, respect is one of the sexiest things that you can do to attract a woman. Just letting it out there. Respect is for our brains. Respect is for our accomplishments. Respect is for how you perceive our beauty because we're all beautiful in our own way. But respect, that's probably one of the reasons that Carol is with you is because you respect her. And she is our queen. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Honestly, seriously, we wouldn't have a podcast without her. Um, there are two things that really sort of brought this home for me at the end of the week. Um, most importantly, um, was my wife's cousin, whose also name is Melissa. She had responded to this and this whole incident has inspired her to start using her doctorate title more often and not diminish herself because she has a doctorate. Melissa, if you, it, Melissa, if you are listening, we love you. We're super proud of you. Whatever it is you do in your life, we're behind you 100%. Do not undervalue yourself. And from now on, I think we should start calling you Dr. Melissa. Not in jest, but as a reminder to you of all the great things that you've done. And to keep at it and keep going. Um, talking about an episode of Useful Idiots with Matt Taibbi and Katie Helper. They had a guest on, Matt Christman, and he talked about the concept of how we, how we feel guilty about being successful. Like somehow we didn't earn our success. And people use phrases and terms, and this is my interjection here for a moment. We use phrases like giving back when we do something for society. We talk about how we, when we're doing something charitable or we're a part of a, a charity or we make donations, we're, we're, we're giving back to society. We're giving back to the community. For the vast majority of us, we were not given anything. We were not given our success. We were not given our paychecks. We're not given anything, especially in our aggressively capitalistic society. Bruce Springsteen does not have any reason to give back to society because Bruce Springsteen has earned all of her, his followers and listeners and fans because he's damn good at what he does. Other people like, say, Sean Connery, or my favorite James Bond of all time, who only had to do one film, George Lazenby, wasn't given anything. These guys went out and they got it. Um, Harlan Ellison has said, he doesn't owe you anything because you're a fan other than a great story that you you paid to listen to or read. The idea that you have to give back to the community 
is a means of soothing what Melissa had said in a text that she sent to me, the imposter syndrome. Like you feel as if you don't deserve the success. And that people launder their guilt for being successful by being involved with all of these charities to say, look, I'm a good person too. Even though I drive an Audi to my second home, you know, out in the woods of New England somewhere, I'm still a good person. I'm still a good person because I do all of this charitable work. I, I deserve to have this expensive condo on the 54th floor of the Trump Tower, or um, I deserve uh, this McMansion out in the suburbs because I'm a good person because I do all of this charitable work. Or I donate to this cause, not because I care about this cause, but because I, I I want to soothe my guilt. I want to launder my guilt. And also to say to everybody, look at what, look at all the terrific, wonderful things that I'm doing with my wealth, because I, I obviously don't deserve this. I was given all of this for the vast majority of people. You show up to work on time, if not early, you do a good job. You prove to your boss that you're capable of doing more. And the boss gives you a promotion and a raise most of the time. There are some times when people do get raises that don't deserve it because they they play golf with the boss and they smooze and they and they kiss ass. Those people are usually weeded out eventually. We have this concept that you don't deserve your success because of what we're being taught by the media. We're taught to loathe ourselves for our, our consumerism. Do we consume too much? We probably do. But the, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that if you are being made to feel guilty because you are a successful person and you have, you are, quote, too successful, somehow you need to be punished. Like, for example, there are people who are going to knock Kim Kardashian because she's going for, uh, uh, for her law license. And she's doing it the hardest way you could possibly imagine. And that's not fair and that's not right. There's something about our society that we celebrate success and we celebrate beauty, but you can't be too successful or too beautiful before people like, like um, I almost said Jeffrey, Joseph Epstein takes it upon himself to try and knock you down a couple of pegs. And too often I have seen people who are very, very successful get lambasted by somebody in the media because their, their, their 15 minutes are up. I don't know how to fix that or how to change that other than stop doing it when I catch myself doing it. And, and like what Melissa had said, celebrate the wonderful women in my life, like my wife, Carol, my Aunt Jenna, who was a fantastic nurse, and, um, and my mother-in-law, who did a phenomenal job raising my daughter. We... We need to celebrate raising your daughter. My my raising her daughter that became my wife. God damn me! I <laughs> fucking sailor. Like, fucking shit! That's a hell of a confession, too. Fucking sailor Jerry. <laughs> that that's that's sailor Jerry. Son of a biscuit. But I think that we need to stop punishing people who are who are quote too successful. 
And I think this is, I think that this is where it all came from. I think, I yeah. think that this is, I think that this is, Jeff, um, yeah, there I go again, Freudian slip much, Eric. Joseph Epstein's article is based upon bashing somebody who is too successful for reasons he he doesn't understand. And, and, and well, yes, it's, I'm sorry, it was half formed in my head when I started saying it. Um, the, this. The thing we have to remember, though, is that we also will denigrate people who don't do it. Like Harlan Ellison gets lambasted all the time because he's brutally honest about the nature of his relationship with his fans. Right. Right. Um, and then you look at people like Jeff Bezos, wealthiest man in the world, drives a 14 year old car. So on the one hand, there's a part of you that's like, then why are you accumulating such wealth? You know, Bill Gates created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Whether I agree or disagree with what they do with their money, they're trying to do something to better society. And that's okay. Right. And giving to charities, if it is only so that you can assuage your your imposter syndrome guilt, is it really that bad? Do we really have to have the right motivations for doing things? Or is it okay just that we're doing good things? regardless of the reasoning behind it. You know what I mean? And this actually feeds into the Epstein that you're having a Freudian slip with, right? Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein donated a lot of money to scientific research in various areas because he had an interest in it. And now a lot of those places that accepted his money are really struggling with, what should we do with it? Can we give it back? Can we give it to his victims? And I think that's a valid concern to have. So like most things in life, it's very complicated. You know, it's okay to be successful. It's okay to acknowledge you don't know, owe anybody anything, but it's also okay to help out other people if you have the means for doing so. You know, I'm not so sure about how much we should care about a person's motivations. I mean, to some extent, I think we we have to. But at the same time, if someone's donating a million dollars to like St. Jude's, should we really question why they're doing it? Think of the good that St. Jude's does right. for children with various problems, you know, disabilities, you know, whatever. They do good works with that money. Do we have to question the motives of the person giving it? I think we also need to accept the fact that there are people out there who launder their guilt and we should allow them to do that to a certain extent. I do think that I, it's like if you if you feel bad about all the money that that you've earned and you feel guilty about it and you feel like you have to donate to certain causes, that's that's fine, that's great. Do, go for it, do it. But also at the same time, I don't think we should give absolution to people who like if if you're the CEO of DuPont and and um, you've poured all of these horrible chemicals into the groundwater in West Virginia, I don't think that you get absolution because, you know, you gave five dollars to the Salvation Army um, uh, kettle this Christmas. Right. It, no matter no matter how much money you contribute to a cause. um I don't, I, I don't think that, that that absolves you of any any horrible crimes. I don't I don't I don't care how much money um, 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 O.J. Simpson 
donated to the uh, United Negro College Fund. I, he still killed his wife, you know, <laughs> and, right. and that poor guy. I don't think that you should get a pass for that. But I do think. I think I, yeah, go ahead, Melissa. I think that we've got to stop thinking in the in the along the lines that everything is a zero sum game. Everything is either black or white. Everything is good or bad. You know, sometimes bad people have done good things. It doesn't mean that they're any less bad. It just means that this thing was a good thing done by a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. There's no scales. It can both be equally, this was good, he was bad. Exactly. by, By all accounts, Hitler was a very generous person to like his wait staff and he was he was a very kind person to like children and things like that. Doesn't mean he's not one of the most vile human beings to have ever lived. But, you know, he wasn't wholly without good aspects to him. Still evil incarnate, but even I don't know. I, it, there's it's that whole dichotomy of of people and the, the complexities, you know. And I like to, you know, you can think of it as yin and yang. I like to think of it as the the two wolves. You know, we are all capable of doing great good and great evil in the world, and it's up to us to decide what we're going to do. Are you going to do something that is going to hurt other people? Or are you going to do something that is going to lift them up? And that is going to define the kind of person you are and the kind of legacy you have more than anything else. It's it's the choices you make. So it's okay for you to feel guilty and feel like you don't deserve the wealth or the accolades or your position or whatever. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to then make donations or do good things in this world because you're trying to assuage your guilt. But at the same time, doing so, if you are just a horrible person, trying to do good things to cover up for it, like all these people get involved in these scandals and then they go overboard trying to do other things, say, I'm see, I'm not bad, I'm not bad, I'm not bad. It's not, like Melissa said, it's not a zero-sum game. You're not in a video game where you get, you know, experience points for doing good things and they take them away if you do bad things right. kind of thing. You're not going to lose a level or anything like that. But also, going back to something Eric mentioned earlier, you can have those moments of illumination and try and change yourself for the better as well. If you realize you're doing something wrong and you're genuinely trying to be a better person, there's nothing wrong with us giving you giving people a second chance. We can do so guardedly. We can do so with reservation. But I think everyone deserves that chance to prove whether they are genuinely turning a leaf or at least genuinely trying to turn a leaf versus someone who's doing it because they just, you know, they don't want to have the bad mark on their record. Yeah. And I don't think that somebody like uh, Joseph Epstein should be deplatformed and um, made an unperson and all of his books be sent down the memory hole. Um, he wrote one bad article, and I think he outed himself as being just a hypocrite and a snob. Um, but I, 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 I and this is going to sound crazy. 
I think that you should be allowed to write bad articles and start conversations with these. We wouldn't be having this conversation and being introspective if it wasn't for the fact that he wrote that bad article. We We may have gotten a really good episode out of this because of a bad article. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I do want to say that if you want to read his books, but you feel bad about giving him any kind of money or uh, book sale standings, buy it secondhand. Yeah. You get the book. He doesn't get the money. It doesn't show up as being another tick on sales yeah. of his book. But I, I, I don't I don't think that he should be deplatformed. And I, I'm, I'm amazed that I'm actually admitting that. Well, I don't know. I think it shows a, a level of understanding and, dare I say, maturity that we can acknowledge that the guy's a bit of an ass. But he's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to voice his opinion, right? Like we always, I, I always get upset when People that I enjoy as actors or musicians come out and they say the most asinine political things and they start harping on it and stuff. And then it's like, all right, well, I've lost interest in you as a performer because of your political opinions. So I'm not personally going to choose to listen to your music any longer or watch your movies any longer or anything like that. That's my choice. I can do that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and campaign that no one else listens to their music or watches their movies. It's a personal choice and it's okay. You know, I mean, Mein Kampf still sells a lot, not because it's a great book filled with good ideas, but because it's also important for for us to remember just how bad we can be as people. And I think that's an important thing to remember as well. Melissa, is there anything else we need to say before we close this episode and I let you guys go to work? It's cold in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate your honesty. (laughs) But we're not buried in snow like poor Eric. No. Well, thanks to my awesome, beautiful wife, I have a snow thrower, so uh, I can can take care of everything myself. I can actually actually, uh, plow the driveway and go get the, the, the milk and the eggs and the and the bread um, for uh, French toast on snow days. And I can also get that, that, that much needed toilet paper because you never know when you're going to have to TP the Christmas tree. Because, guys, this is a really thought-provoking, soul-searching episode. And uh, I, I cannot thank you guys enough. And, and, and thank you for being my friends. I, I appreciate you. Thanks. Appreciate thank you. you too. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Fedora Chronicle at 
google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by All of Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright the Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>